Doug. Yo, what's going on, Karen? Um, nothing much. I mean, everything and nothing. Yeah. Yeah, like plenty, kind of. But... Yeah, all all the boring things going on at once. Nothing exciting happening at all. I know it's kind of like Just remember life. like like during lockdown like it was like we're really bored because we're in lockdown but now i still feel like we're in stasis here like i just feel like we're not mm-hmm. moving yeah still. i i'm the same way yeah yeah which is like super weird and i'm not quite sure why because uh, you know everything is moving yeah the world is is rotating along like it used to yeah um <laughs> things feel <laughs> i don't know it's the, but it's like one of the real like doldrums times of year right now. So maybe that's why. I guess. I mean, are you looking forward to fall? I am. Yeah, I am because I love this time of year. Um, and in the past, I haven't always because I mean, I always liked fall once I got out of school because it was like, oh, just the nice things come. I like the smell of fireplaces and all like the autumn things and blah, blah, blah. And back when there was a TV season, I love the start of the TV season. Um, but it's <laughs> like, I always felt like when summer ended before, like I never really got whatever I wanted out of summer out of it. Like, a, like all of a sudden the end comes and whatever I thought was going to happen during the summer just hadn't gotten there. And this time I'm like, no, I'm very much at peace with whatever I did during the last three, four months. And I'm like ready for whatever is to come. It also just doesn't feel like I really have to switch many gears because life is just going on. That feels super zen. I guess. Is this what zen feels like? Because zen feels pretty boring. (laughs) (laughs) We don't like zen. Um, Well, I mean, because I'm having that angst of I didn't do everything. Like, I, I have not gone to the beach once this summer, which is stupid because I literally live like five minutes away. Like I did, you know, like it just was like one of those and that's, summers. That's why. I've, yeah. I've just been so fucking busy and I'm like, yeah. for no fucking reason, you know, like really. Um, well, the reason, because I'm working, I, I should say I'm, I've been really fucking busy making no fucking money, even though I'm working a lot. Yeah. Uh, cosine that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, inflationary pressures. Oh yes, I'm Mm -hmm, feeling it. mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's, so, so I'm having that, the sort of end of summer angst that I used to have when I was a kid, because I just didn't want to go back to school. Like for me, if I could live an endless summer, I would be so happy. Sure. Because I just love the warm weather. I love the sun. Like I love it. I love that it stays light for a while you know i don't like this like starting it's starting to get dark before like you know it's like getting dark at like seven o'clock i don't like that shit (laughs) yeah we had a night um maybe it was last week where we were walking and thinking oh it's definitely getting dark earlier yeah we're feeling it It wasn't it felt less gradual uh than it had been before um yeah this is the first time even during covid before this is the first time where it's like whatever I got out of summer, I'm good to ease into fall. But like my life doesn't really change. Like I'm just going to keep watching TV and trying to go to some restaurants and otherwise just work, 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 boring, work, 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 work. Yeah. But something will change in the fall. 
What? Because we'll run out of Melrose episodes to recap. I know, and then we're going to have to do something completely different. Yeah. And I hear you smiling. I can hear the grin coming through. I can hear the grin. The I know. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I can't wait for this to be over. Um, yeah. God, God, the summer of 2020, though, was fucking awesome. That was a great summer. I know everybody else was miserable. I had the best summer ever. I swam every day. 2020, when people yeah. were stuck in home and dying? Yeah, I loved it. Okay. It was the best summer ever. <laughs> just, just making sure. <laughs> yes, that summer. I swam every day. I took long walks. Seriously, it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. Oh, do you want to hear something awesome on our end? I mean, it's it's awesome, not awesome, but we're going to make it work. Yeah. Are we... We are opting out of going to our gym this week, not by our own choice, but because uh, the AC is broken. Ew. But it's like, it, then it's like 110 degrees in the gym to start, like before the workout even begins. Yeah, so, that's terrible. So we're like, well, then we're not going to get up early and go to the gym. So we have like extra like sleep in time now. Well, that's that's, so nice. that's how we're rewarding ourselves. We really wanted this to be like a try and ease back on track a bit week because we were out of town the weekend before. Uh, and and my family's house has nothing but like carbs and diet. <laughs> um, so we were like, all right, let's let's uh, work our way back. And this week was hopefully going to be a bit more disciplined than that. But, you know, what are you going to do? Life gives you lemons and we sleep in. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Like that's sort of of the summer, right? It like, is. It is like, kind right? of how we're we're looking at it. Yeah. Like, just um, position it that way. And yeah, just and just the idea of knowing that, like, it almost feels like a weekend night each weeknight because it's like we're going to bed. I don't have to be in that mindset that like right when I get up, got a haul ass, go to the gym, and then come back log into the computer and start work there's a bit more of a For more of, of a graduation and yeah, yeah and also like just more time maybe i'll actually feel rested it's it, maybe that's also the zen thing i don't know that could be the zen thing hmm. i don't know so that's this week we'll see next time we record a week from now if anything has changed including the ac but um yeah and it you know didn't really stop us from from altering our diet to accommodate because, you know, we baked a quick bread today. So there's there's that too. Ooh. Pumpkin chocolate chunk. Oh my god, that sounds so getting fantastic. into so so I'm 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 fully leaning into autumn as you want summer to to drag off. <laughs> you're 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 ready for the pumpkin spice. I am, I think. You know, I, when know. There was... I haven't had I haven't I haven't had one from uh, like a Starbucks or a Dunkin' in a long time now. Though I used to love them, um, I, I haven't had one of those them. flavored drinks in a while. And then they turn clang. Oh my god! So who was I talking to the other day? This is hilarious. Um, whoever I was talking to did not realize, and I wish I could remember now who it was. Old hashtag old. Um, they honestly thought that pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks pumpkin. were new. Where have they been? Because I was like talking, because I, I, I was about to say this, and this is why it made me. I remember in like 1997 when like Starbucks really started like cropping up in New York City. 
and I was like, and I started going and I was like, let me try this pumpkin spice latte thing. And I was like, holy shit, that's really good. And so like, I've been drinking pumpkin spice lattes since like the late nineties. Yeah. And whoever I was talking to about, they were, they were like, can't remember who the hell it was but they were like wait wait i thought pumpkin spice latte was like a few years old i was like no i have no idea why i just started taking off but like i was drinking that shit in yeah i've been drinking them for like 20 plus years yeah 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 and i'm like i don't know i don't know why and then i was like you like in zillennials or whatever you are I was, like, <laughs> and like there was nothing started before them that's like the <laughs> Oh, the young. Yeah, that's oh, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened before they showed up. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, I our constant struggle. Like we we read like tweets and stuff from people who are like, oh, I just realized that you know, like whatever, like John Lennon was a human being, or that you know, like this was a thing, and it's like, yeah, all these things that existed before you already existed like you don't get extra credit for knowing it now in fact a little bit of shame on you yeah but it was really funny because they were like oh i thought pumpkin spice latte was like new but i haven't had a pumpkin spice latte in a few in a few years myself yeah it's been because like i said i really liked it in the beginning and now i'm just kind of like yeah pumpkin like i just feel like it's cloying yeah i just go for i just go for regular coffee with less syrups now yeah i just have my plain old black french press coffee and i'm done so, you know what didn't what else didn't have pumpkin spice latte? <laughs> what? <laughs> this episode of Melrose Place. <laughs> Though apparently it was around. Yeah. So we're so um, Karen and I. Yeah, oh, we yeah. were gonna do this last week, but we couldn't. Um, life, boring life, getting in the way, as it were. Um, so we're both going to try and prompt each other to remember everything from the episode but i think we'll get there don't i don't want you guys to feel like we're leaving any precious details out i think we'll be able to include them all but yes that was the reason for our our, our slight break last week and now here we are to both of us talk about uh, this episode yeah McBride said revisited uh what number is this i think it's 29 i think we're in the home stretch i think we have like 6 episodes left forever my god i'm kind of wondering how they're going to wrap this up in six episodes because like there's new stuff happening Mm -hmm. yeah this is kind of kind of for most of the 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 plots i think like the last batch of storylines and i think some go directly into the end and some are just kind of like this is what you guys have to work with before we sign off Oh my god, if we don't get derailed over the next couple of weeks, we only have like we're only gonna be doing this till October. Yeah. Yeah, this is August, end of August, by the way, guys. So yeah, October. So how long we've been doing this since twenty what? February twenty seventeen. Six years? Yeah, of our lives. Holy shit. <laughs> of our lives. Oh my God, that's commitment. I think so. I have not. I don't think I've committed to anything like that except my husband. I was gonna say there is marriage and motherhood, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the kid goes without saying, but yeah. like, 
Like, wow. See, anybody that says that I can't commit to anything can just fuck off and listen to our podcast. I mean, I implicitly agree with that, but do people say that? Um, They used to when I was younger. Oh, well, F them. Yeah, fuck them. Um, now I'm just That's unemployable. Right. Also, <laughs> now I'm just unemployable. <laughs> well, that, that is the commitment I have made. My, my lack of employable skills. 43 years and counting now. <laughs> um, so we have a lot of Lexi in this episode, and it's not to the episode's benefit. And we start with her right off the bat. She is... Um, she shows up at, again at Melrose in like a black trench coat while some building workers are doing their thing, moving around because the whole place is in shambles. And she knocks on Michael's door. For a second, it looks like they have something going on with each other. Like that's the setup. But you no, know, it's them talking about this stupid pact to break up Ryan and Megan to both send them on their way back to each of them, which makes no sense, but whatever. Um, and... from their window they can see Megan trying to talk to Ryan and reason with him and Mm -hmm. Ryan is continuing to only act only act cold to Megan um and you know she said Amanda had offered me a job at her agency and I'm not going to take it if it's a problem with you he's like just take it um so and then he like sort of walks off and then Michael tries to make a move and he comes out of the apartment to talk to her um and she tells uh, Megan tells Michael just to go to hell yeah, like, I was, also, didn't she tell him to fuck off or something, which was great? I was like, no, I mean, she wouldn't have said that. I think she says go to hell. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, I made a note that I just feel bad for Thomas Calabro because he always now gets stuck with whoever, like, the most recent castmates are. We have the guy who is the only true OG on the show. And so now he's got tons of scenes with Lexi. He's having more and more scenes in this episode with Ryan. And and Megan, who he has a history with, but even she was a later addition to the cast. Like, rather than reconnecting with anyone else because the Jane thing has really sort of backfired, as far as I'm concerned, or Amanda. Like, it's him playing with the Muppet Babies of Melrose Place, which doesn't (laughs) help him out at all. My God, we have referenced so many other TV shows in this episode. (laughs) I don't think we're done. In I know, fact, I know, I, I know we're not. We're not done. I know at least one reference to come. <laughs> I feel like we should have like gotten out the tequila and done like shots. You know, every time, every time we mention another TV show. <laughs> I, you know, with so few episodes left, I think we should start working drinking games into the mix just to spice oh it God. up. That would next be week, hilarious. next week, I'm gonna do something. It might not be tequila, but I think I'll open up a bottle of something and play a some kind of drinking game. Oh. Um, meanwhile, to throw another reference out, Lexi is Encyclopedia Brown, and based on very little, she's reasoning that, okay, so Ryan has told Megan that Amanda didn't force him to go to New York for work, so she's like, I know, the New York thing has something to do with why Ryan is acting weird, and Michael, you and me are going to get to the bottom of it. And before we go to our cold open, Ryan confronts Kyle at their basketball court that, like, only the two of them go to. And the episode prior, Kyle was 
you know, Rob Estes was acting poorly, but we were getting like a tender Kyle who was like, oh, Ryan, I'm so sorry this thing happened to you when you were 18 and your wife died and you have this daughter. My God, you have this daughter. And now Kyle is kind of playing bad cop to or, or like urging Ryan to be honest um, with Megan and to stop punishing her because he really is treating her like crap. Yeah, um, he he's like, I think your secret is stupid and I will not be an ally in this. Um, and then as Kyle walks away, Michael shows up to play basketball with Ryan because Michael is now committed to getting whatever info he can uh, from Ryan because he really thinks at the end of the day he's going to win back Megan. Good luck, Michael. So it's the first of several encounters Michael and Ryan are going to have. That sounds um, naughtier than I meant it. But when we come back from the cold open, we do see a naughty <laughs> encounter. We actually have a very gauzy daytime-like scene of, like, a couple having sex. Um, you know, the curtains are blowing and everything. And for a second, but only a split second, I was like, which couple could this be? Because we don't have that many couples really together right now. Uh, it's Peter and Eve, who have made up and, be, and newly become super rich when she sold his uh, dead dad's house. Um, but they're talking about how they don't need this money, that they're going right. to keep living their lives and the money will just be there, but it's something they don't touch. She's going to keep singing and he's going to keep doctoring. And I think they actually make that use that word as a joke, like keep doctoring. Um, and so Megan has started at Amanda Woodward Advertising. That was and, quick. Uh, yeah, I mean the turnover on the show is, is pretty amazing. Although Megan's career has always been at her like rapid speed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jane's too. So Amanda is asking um, Megan to list all the clients that Lexi had. And, you know, and like Amanda is becoming uncharacteristically for this season tough out of nowhere. Um, and she's, she says like, we already have soft here, meaning Jane and I guess Ryan, she goes, I need cutthroats. And, and that's when, oh, so I was a little bit wrong. This is where Megan finds out that Amanda didn't send Ryan on business because Megan asked right. Amanda and she's like, and she's like, no, I didn't send him out there. And then Ryan comes in and he starts to like turn around and she's like, no, you guys get into a conference room and work this crap out. Um, and then someone else, an older man, comes in to say that he wants to buy the apartment building that's for sale at full asking price. Um, and we go back to the conference room, see more of Ryan being a jerk. Um, and then Amanda is like, then I guess we're good. I'm going to sell the the building to you, this man, Sam Lieberman. Um, and it's a done deal. And then he walks to his or walks back to a car. It's not his car. And he limo. tells someone else that no, yeah, limo, right? I was gonna, yeah, I think so. It's, it's it's some sort of like like a luxury sedan, but I think you're right that it is a limo. Ooh, that's what it would have been then. And and he he tells this other person that it's done. The building is yours. So now we're in minor league suspense, wondering who this new owner of um, the building is going to be and what that will mean for the rest of the season and our the rest of our characters and we'll just hold on to that <clears throat> meanwhile on. eve shows up at kyle's and and whatever bad blood has been between the two of them for the last several weeks seems to have dissipated um and he actually because he's moving on he's becoming like mr fix it he asks if she can take over as manager of the club 
for him. And she's like, well, I don't need to take this because I don't need the money. And he's like, okay, well then why don't you buy in and become a co-owner with me? And she's like, well, Peter and I have decided not to touch our money. And just remember she said that because I think something's about to change for them. Yeah, I think somebody might be touching the money. Yeah. Maybe more than one somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another encounter of Michael with Ryan. He comes over to Ryan's with some beers because um, he's going to force himself on as Ryan's friend to get whatever he needs from him. And it kind of almost looks like he's playing dad to Ryan because uh, there's maybe a 10-year age difference between Calabro and uh, John Hames Newton. But, like, because we've known Michael so much longer and because Ryan is such a young weenie, like, it really feels like there's an entire generation between the two of them to me. Um, And then Ryan even has a dumbass remark where he says he was hoping Michael would date Megan again to get her out of his hair, which is maybe, like, the first but not the last really kind of gross misogynist uh, reference in this episode. Like, Megan has no agency of her own. Um... And then Ryan heads into the kitchen while Michael takes out a little tincture and spikes his beer bottle. Um, and they, what they, they toast like, they're like, to bachelorhood, long may it rain, which is like, it's so stupid. Yeah. Meanwhile, speaking of stupid, Lexi is just standing watch outside while this is going on. So eventually, Ryan does pass out from the drugs. Michael lets her in, and they start ransacking his apartment to find some info about New York. Um, and they, she finds, like, maps, because um, I guess he flew into the city and, <laughs> and got a map and, like, really, like, actually charted his whole journey. And they mention a uh, Westchester town called Katona, which is a uh, shout-out to a town where my aunt, uncle, and cousins all live. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's a cute little town. So then Megan comes to the apartment. She has more stuff to drop off. So Lexi hides and Michael is there and he's like, yeah, I was hanging out with Ryan. We're becoming buds. And, you know, he drank too much. Ha ha ha. Um, So he's hit and he hits on her some more. And Megan like keeps warding Michael off. She's not interested. And he says something about like, why go for the B level when you can have the A level or something like that, which allows her to respond. You're about a C minus, which Megan saying the <laughs> words of the gods. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, wrong. while Michael and Megan are outside and downstairs, I think, talking, Lexi is trying to come on to the drugged Ryan, and he just keeps saying Megan's name. So Lexi's yeah. like, that's it. We have to get to Poughkeepsie, because now, by now that she's realized that's where they have to go, because um, I really got to turn this around. It's <laughs> so Poughkeepsie. fucking stupid. Because Poughkeepsie is going to make me make him fall in love with me. What? Because this whole plot is so foolproof, it's going to end up with them happily ever after. It's so, it's so dumb. It is so hack. It is so hack. But here we are. But we're in it. But here we are. And soon we'll be on the East Coast again. Yes. So Kyle and Amanda are like cheersing to their progress on selling the apartment. And um, she says she's surprised to realize that her heart is still wrapped up in the place, which whatever, um, blah, blah, you know, there's all this little armchair psychologizing at the yeah. end of the series. Um, and then Kyle has to be a buffoon about how he's like, I can't believe that some of those memories don't include me. It's like, yeah, asshole. Well, you yeah. were cheating on eight different women. She yeah. had a life before she met you two years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let us not forget Ryan. He, not Ryan. Kyle is a cheat. Like he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And an idiot. And an idiot. Goes without um, Yeah. Okay, so that's where we go to commercial. We come back, we're in Poughkeepsie, and Lexi and Michael are on their way to this uh, Catholic school, St. Agnes's, when they actually see a van from St. Agnes. Like, they're just walking around downtown Poughkeepsie. They see the van, and it's got, like, the back door is open. We see that habits just sort of dangling for the taking, uh, which they do. So the next time we see Lexi and Michael are in like full gear, she's dressed as a nun and he's dressed as a priest. And I think when you were watching this episode, this is around the time you sent me a text. So yes. tell me, tell them more. I couldn't take it anymore. I had to send Doug a text and it was like, oh my God, wait, let me see if I can find it on my phone. Cause it was like, I don't want to like, I didn't want to miss this up. Hold on. I wish I had thought to pull it up earlier. Um, Where's Doug? Here we are. <laughs> wait, 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 where is that? I'm not the first name. Ah, this app of Melrose has elements of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and I think this is what you were referring to, right? It is exactly what I was referring to because when yeah. um, Michael and Lexi show up at the school, they are decked out like like sound of music, like priest and nun habits. <laughs> and it was, just, oh my God, like we'd be drunk right now. I just mentioned another, another, another movie. Um, we're yeah. we're going to have to figure out a way to keep track of this in addition to actually taking the shots, but yeah. Um. So yeah, and they, they, they were like in that sort of full regalia and I was just like, oh my God. And they're like poking around, like they're in the outfit so that they can sneak in and they're poking around like, like Scooby-Doo. Like it yeah, was like Scooby like, and like, Shaggy. Like, like ways in which you would not be able to do in real life. No, like you could, like but you could you almost could on hear Scooby that. Do because yeah. sure. you could almost remember when like Scooby and Shaggy would tiptoe; they'd make that little noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you could almost hear that going on. The, like, the, were, yeah. What the episode really wants to do is what you get when you watch something like Scooby Doo, which is like so ridiculous and so campy that it's pure entertainment, and it's too labored and too stupid to really pull it off here. Well, and also, the the show hasn't been that in so long. No, right? Like it feels completely out of place. And also, it was, it was a lot more, I don't know, nuanced when like they were being campy with Sid. Like it just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't this. You know, this just feels. It feels very low rent. It is. That's why it feels that way. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So before we get back to them. So this, since Peter had left the hospital before, the nurse's strike is still going on. And that's when Eve comes to Peter and tells him, well, the money that we weren't going to touch, I just touched it because I just bought in to be co-owner of Kyle's. And then nasty Dr. Shulman comes in and again, rants against Peter and, you know, like says something insulting about Eve again, being like an ex-con or a murderer or both. Um, and so then there's a cute, oh, not cute, it's a fun earned scene where where eve is like i've been wanting to do this and she punches dr shulman in the face and it's great <laughs> and then amanda is talking to megan and ryan about wanting to raid alexi's clients and ryan uh has a spine for a second and he's against it um and but it's but he's he's the one who he says like that with Amanda it's a personal vendetta against Lexi but the truth is it's Ryan making a personal because he's just trying to do whatever he can that is opposite what Megan and Amanda might want to do because he sucks right now he does suck um, and I then Jane want... turns out to still be on the show uh, yeah. <laughs> 
surprise and she mentions like amanda talks to her on the way out of this meeting with them and and jane mentions this potential client and amanda's like so why don't you do a cold call on them and she's like me do a cold call on this client and she's like yeah just fucking do it um and then we're back in New York. We're back in Poughkeepsie, and it's the Scooby-Doo. Michael and Lexi are in their habits at the Catholic school, and a landscaper who's there tips them off to uh, Sarah being there. Um, but they first encounter the Aunt Terry, who for once for once is not, like, a sourpuss. Um, and she's, like, suddenly stupid. Like, she tells Michael and Lexi everything, basically, about, like, everything about Sarah and their personal lives. If they asked for her pin number, she probably would have given it to them. Um, and so she allows them to talk to Sarah and Sarah is forthcoming. So finally Lexi can see that her father is Ryan. Ryan has a kid. She gets it a little bit more. Also the kid thinks Lexi is Megan. Megan. Who Ryan yeah. has told her about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then we're back to Jane's cold call, or I guess she had called the guy, the artist that they're trying to land at the agency, and he was ignoring the calls. So she's paying him an in-person visit. Um, and there's something very like sweet, like kismet or something about the two of them. He takes an obvious, immediate interest in her, and she seems to be responsive or receptive to it. And this is the, what's funny about this to me is that. So I had remembered that there was this scene of Jane and another guy like swirling around on a canvas, like getting paint all over each other. But I had thought that had something to do with the Alex Bastion character from the beginning of the season. Oh. So when it never happened, I was like, oh, I guess I just misremembered that or I'm an idiot or both. Um, but no, that's what happens now. So that's kind of where the scene fades away. We're led to believe that like Jane sleeps with a guy and maybe this is Jane turning a page, not just in her career, but maybe romantically, or at least I was. We'll get back to that, though. Yeah. First, Lexi comes into Sarah's bedroom and wakes her. She confesses that she's not really a nun, but Sarah does think then, she puts it out there that she thinks she's Megan, and Lexi's like, yes, just let's just keep that a secret between the two of us. So, great. Uh, meanwhile, the, the real Megan... Um, thinks Ryan has to be hiding something too. Um, and she's she's like starting to wonder about things when um, we find out that this guy, I don't remember his name. I don't know if I wrote it down later, but Jane's new client, the artist, is in the conference room. And Jane, Jim is his name. Jane goes to talk to Jim. And he has gone from like zero to 500 in no time flat. At first, I thought there was going to be a catch that he was going to say he was kidding. Um, but he's uh, he says that he's in love with her and he wants to marry her. So Jane thinks he's nuts. And she's like, um, well, I don't want to rush into anything. And she's like, I am still getting divorced. And and he's like, I thrive on impulse. And he then invited himself over to dinner at her beach house that night. And she agrees. And she's like uh, feeling a little bit of pressure and also because he's just coming on so strong. Yeah, she's like, okay. Um, so Peter has come to a meeting uh, and there's an agreement of the the 18 doctors or whoever is on the board at the hospital. Uh, they're actually going to support the nurses walk out and give them what they want. And Peter then tells them that he has bought the hospital. <laughs> 
whatever money remains for uh, from Eve buying half of Kyle's, he has now bought Wilshire Memorial with. Which They've is gotta be out of money by now. I'm pretty sure not exactly how it works, and still more money than what Eve was able to finagle from from the oil house. Because what was um, it, five million dollars? So they bought a hospital. Never it was either Kyle's. five or ten or something like that. I know it was like, a lease, still... and she was saying more was coming, but more doesn't come right away. No, the, and the money's not liquid quite like that, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but somehow Peter has bought the hospital and done it overnight. Mm-hmm. Because just like that, we buy hospitals. Yeah. And he's got plans. It's going to be an employee-run enterprise. I'm not again sure. He's how not going to make any work. money. Um, and then I think one of the other doctors goes to Doctor Shulman and says, "Like her reign of terror is now over." Um, <laughs> but then she actually approaches uh, Peter and she's like, "I assume this means I am fired and will have to find a new job." And he's like, "No." I actually want you here. I, I, I appreciate like voices of dissent. Um, so it's like twist, except who cares? Um, and he's like, 250,000 will allow you a voice on the board. And she's well, like, wow, you coming money. into money makes you a better man. It's like, this is dumb. That's so dumb. Uh, but also kind of the, the storytelling move you'd make if it was the series finale. Where it's like, this is where we're going to end up for Eve and Peter. They've come into money. They're together. Their pasts are behind them. And he's going to, like, buy the hospital and, and guide it into a new future. Like, okay, then that's his path. Them doing it in this episode is like, this is a storyline we're giving you for a day. But wait, there'll be more. Because yeah. this, I don't think, is quite leading to where uh, the little I remember from the rest of the series goes. And so, we, oh, oh, yeah. So Jim has come over to Jane's house, and he's brought a duffel bag with some clothes because he's, uh, he's decided he's moving in. <laughs> so, so finally, Jane has grown a spine, and she's like, "No!" She's like she puts her foot down. And she's like, "No, this is crazy. This is too weird." And then his tone changes, um, and 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 he he's furious, and he leaves. I mean, is that the last we see of him? Yeah, like, I think I, so. But which I is think so, was like, it's, why? Yeah, like, stretch this out, like, for a little bit of something. Because otherwise, why? Like, why was he there? What was the point? How did well, her, how did her character change and grow? I don't understand. You're using it, actually, not to show Jane's character, but actually to show Amanda's character regressing, which we'll get to, and which I have a bone to pick with more than even perhaps I should. Um, But yeah, this character of Jim is wasted and um, they should be doing more with Jane. But I say that every week. Um, So Megan has sneaked into Sterling Conway to steal client files. Um, And while she's there, she bumps into the wayward assistant who's like there after hours hooking up, I guess, with another employee. So, So Megan's like, oh, I'm sorry, I was just here getting stuff. And they're like, don't tell anyone you saw us, but someone's going to say something about someone soon. Um, meanwhile, Lexi, who has been in Poughkeepsie and all over like Melrose Place before, um, is back in town. And all of the tenants have gathered at Melrose because the new landlord has sent them a note that they are cutting their rents in half 
because apparently Amanda has been really like bilking them for whatever they've been paying probably has been too much, but it also probably hasn't been a ton because I've like seen the jobs some of these people who've lived there over the years have had. Um, yeah, and also like Amanda's like the place is falling apart. Like, has she really been a slumlord this whole time? Yeah, and also well, Amanda wasn't originally the landlord when the show started, and I don't get the sense that any one of the OGs like had a raise in rent. And so when people like Jane and Michael had moved back in, I didn't gather that they were paying a lot more. So I think this whole thing is just a fabrication. And so, okay, now we finally do find out who this new landlord is. And it's the biggest disappointment and non-surprise of all time. Because it's Lexi. Now, I'm going to make up a story that this is how this, this thread really got started. Which is they were like, the writers were thinking, who could take over Melrose Place when uh, we're writing Amanda out? And that they were like, maybe we can get an old cast member to come back. Or something like that. Because wouldn't it be cool if like I don't know. Billy and Jennifer came back and bought it. Or Allison came back and bought it. Or something like that. But no, this is just Lexi, who already has too many storylines of her own going on, uh, is now also coming back to be the landlord. Like, she's already in everybody's lives. And now that she's just going to be further and in and closer connected to all of them, it's not, it doesn't really, like, lend any fruit. And then, so Lexi tells everyone that Amanda has been, you know, like overcharging them on their rent and Amanda's like well then I'm going to be out of here in 30 minutes what does she she tells Amanda that she's going to raise Amanda's rent by like three times the amount but everyone else gets like to pay half of what they were paying before so Amanda's like that's it I'm moving out in 30 minutes um and they all walk away and there's like a lingering shot of Lexi just on her own looking kind of sad but like she gets no sympathy from me because she's horrible here's the like they keep shoving her down our throat as a villain but even when we had actual villains on the show, they were villains in specific storylines. They didn't just keep pinballing into every character's life to mess with them. Right. And that's exactly what they're doing with her. Like, yeah, when you think, okay, so she's fucking with Megan. She's fucking with Ryan. She's been fucking with Amanda. She's fucking with Michael. She's like, it's just, it, it she is. Was fucking, she was fucking with Peter and Eve. She's fucking with Peter and Eve. Like, yeah, like it's just really endless. And yeah, it's certain, all of them. It's every yeah. single one of them. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it's sort of like you just like pick a lane, bitch. Yeah, it's yeah, all of it is so inorganic. Yeah. Um, and then we come back to Miss Inorganic. Lexi storms in on Kyle's as uh, Megan is having a dinner with the big, I think it's KB Toys client that Amanda wants to steal away from Lexi, um, and so. I think Megan has pretty much successfully wooed this guy right by the time Lexi comes in because Lexi starts going in on Megan and the guy's like, well, I'm going to go with Megan to Amanda Woodward now. Uh, and Lexi is really going to go in on Megan when Michael shows up and he prevents uh, a fight and stops Lexi from attacking Megan. And then um, Megan does come out to thank Michael and then the two apparently go back to the bar on their own while Lexi has like stormed off in additional right. frustration. Um, and Kyle and Ryan are talking about, they're like moving 
Amanda and, and Kyle out of the apartment. They're packing stuff up. And for now, they're going to stay in Jane's beach house. She has, I'm sure, been cornered into hosting them. Um, and Ryan says that he got a letter from Sarah. And Kyle's like, can, he's, you know, happy to have received it. Kyle's like, can you please just tell Megan the truth already? Um, and just like that. Amanda is packed up and moved out. The movers are there, and and it's like the last of her stuff. It's kind of the end of an era, but because we have rushed this storyline through, we don't really get to feel anything like that. Um, and Lexi comes up to her apartment and calls her a sore loser, and Amanda says something like, um, you know, you will never be me. You will always just be a distant second to whoever. Uh, and then Amanda's at Jane's, and she's already wearing out her welcome. I think she said something about how, like, there wasn't enough hot water for her. And then she's like, you're going to have to get a second phone line for me. Um, and then they get uh, Amanda finds out that Jim, the artist, has bailed on the account. And it was before mm -hmm. Jane had signed him. So right. then Amanda goes in on Jane, and she's like, you shouldn't have dumped him until he signed the contract. All you had to do was keep dating the guy. So, okay, it's shitty because this is a different side of Amanda from what we have seen in the past. And it's also shitty because this is a terrible thing to say to one of your employees to do. But it's also kind of a reversal of where we were in that, I hate to say it now, but kind of better episode. At the beginning of the season, do you remember when Lexi started that rumor that Amanda slept with everyone to get that advertising award? Oh, and the yeah, word spread like rapid yeah. fire. Yeah. And then at the end, Amanda got it and she knew everyone was talking about her and she kind of like shoved it right back in Lexi's face. Um, this is now the opposite of that. Amanda has now just turned into Lexi for no reason overnight. Yeah, And it's not fun to watch and it's not even letting Heather Locklear play any of like the fun early Melrose notes that Amanda got to play. Because it was one thing when Amanda was just calling the shots and dealing with these incompetent people around her. But now Amanda is kind of like a one-woman brass band who just keeps going around like, like, you need to be better. We need this client. You need to be tougher. I only care about work, blah, blah, blah. And there's no real entertainment value there. Yeah, and they do this, like, they, they seem to do this with her character every once in a while. Like, they, they ebb and flow with her where she's just, like, ruthless businesswoman and then all this. But then, you know, you have those moments where she's, like, great and she's awesome and she, you know, and you're just, like, go Amanda and she's, like, a good boss and she's understanding. And then they go back to, I'm um, cracking the whip, you know, but it, this seems, like, even more extreme. You know? Yeah, and the the difference is, I think I mentioned this last time, that in the past, we've usually seen what was behind her drive. Like, we've seen if there was a threat from above, or she was going to really lose a client, and it was going to really leave her high and dry. This is, we don't really know that anything terrible is happening in Amanda Woodward Agency. We just are advertising. We just know that, like, Megan has come on board. And, like, we don't know that there's a struggle. We just know that right now Amanda is acting like really mercilessly. And by, and by the time Amanda is saying this to Jane, Kyle has come into the living room. So he hears this and he takes Jane's side because he's like, Amanda, look, if this guy was a jerk, then she didn't do anything wrong. So Jane walks uh, out onto like the patio 
and um, Kyle goes out to talk to her, and she's like, everything Amanda said was true, um, and I do suck at all of this, and she says something like, do you ever just feel like you won't measure up? And I'm like, well, didn't we just have a whole season-long arc about how Kyle felt like this the whole time with Amanda? (laughs) Yeah. So that's pretty much where we leave that. Um, But then we go back to Melrose. Lexi is moving in, um, and she sees Ryan knocking on Megan's door. And Ryan has now had the change of heart for no reason other than it fits with the story. So um, he's he wants to come clean, and um, Megan opens the door and comes outside, and she's got, like, her makeup, her lipstick is smeared a little, um, and Ryan asks if he can come in, and finally he realizes that she's not letting him go past the living room. There must be another man in there. And then... One step forward with Ryan, two steps back. He becomes a macho shithead because how dare she be with another guy? So he storms the living room, excuse me, the bedroom, and he walks in and there's no one on the bed. And we even see like Megan looks a little surprised that whoever she has taken home, and we all know who this is going to be, know, whoever, um, yeah. is not in the bed. But but then Ryan like storms uh, open the closet door and there's naked Michael like just barely Mm. covering himself in the closet and Ryan looks pissed and then Lexi helps herself and she runs all the way in and she's watching it so oh what a tangled web we have yet again woven I mean my two takeaways from this episode are way too much Lexi and uh, just don't like this this new Amanda Amanda 5.0 or whatever we are left with at this point yeah don't yeah basically yeah don't like scooby-doo yeah and uh having said that i think we have run out of other references uh if we were playing a drinking game we may have slightly sobered up by the end yeah so so all for the best so that was the episode mcbride said revisited yeah that was the weekend melrose I think we're gonna go to the block uh, to to the, the, boulevard. the boulevard. Yeah, because um, yep. I'm ready to get off the block because this episode was pretty bad. Yeah, and that's really saying something because there have been some doozies in this season. Agreed. Yeah, it has worn us out, but yeah. we'll be back next week with another recap. <laughs> yes, we will. Don't, okay, don't you worry. So, um, yeah. Happy end of August, you guys. Stay well, and we will see you, uh, we'll be back at least, uh, next week, back on the blog. Bye.